Stream starting. Three. Stream starting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let me know when the stream is starting because I I just want to get out all my uh, racism and sexism and profanities before the stream has actually begun, uh, which is right now. I'm I'm going to proceed to just say extremely profane things uh, in about probably five seconds from now, unless somebody interrupts me to let me know that the stream has started. Yeah, the stream definitely has not started yet. I mean, Why sniper underrated? I said I was, I said I was gonna say the profane things, not you, scrawling one hundred. Yeah, for real. Come on. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. I love, I love how everybody is just anecdotally taking their pubs. And like, why is, why is a uh, lone druid the best hero in Dota? I've won three pubs this week out of three pubs that I've played, and all of them were thrown intentionally by the other team. But lone druid is the most overpowered hero in Dota. Clearly, hundred percent win rate. Couldn't agree more, man. I also have played uh, three pubs with lone druid on my team, and the enemy team disconnected. Yeah, which uh, is great. I also was using a hack to disconnect to the enemy team, but I was picking Lone Druid in those particular games. Nice, that's good. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your honesty. What do you think of the and summit? Did you watch any of the summit? I did not. Why was it? Was it? Was it? Was it sexist again? <laughs> allegedly. 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 Not, uh, no. I'm not. I watched a little bit of it. None of this is my opinion. I'm having a hard time paying attention to the pro meta right now. It's just kind of boring. (laughs) It's not not good if we're bored, man. I mean... We're fucking fiends. I'm having a lot of fun playing pubs because I'm picking all sorts of stuff and picking heroes that I enjoy. But watching the pros play Void or Jug Mag or OD every single game is just like snooze arama pick something else yeah. you fucks i yeah. <laughs> uh, see the, the the problem is like a lot of these tier two teams aren't really they're not innovators meta. no they're not discovering a meta they're just like playing the really good stuff because well i mean i can't i can't say why all of them do but against a lot of tier two teams you don't need to come up with some new shit to beat them right whereas like team secret i mean it's pretty hard to just go play regular dota versus team secret yeah, that's going to be one of the nice things about going into this major is that I'm sure that at least like somebody like EG will have come up with some counter to the void meta, the OD meta, because that's the thing is like if you're going into a major where if you win it, you qualify for TI, somebody is going to have spent a lot of time figuring out what's good against the heroes that everybody else is picking, and then they're yeah, just going to run definitely. people over with that. Definitely. Who won? Sumail or Jenkins? I won that game. I actually just played a finished the game versus Sumail. I was playing Clockwork, Clockwork Four, and I won. So it's probably the best uh, position for. Right, because you beat Sumail. Although I will yeah. say that you're currently on a team and Sumail is teamless. So I mean, I think the guy's kind of washed up at this point. Right? That's true. That's true. Nobody I wants mean, him. If he, was, if he was good, he'd be on a team. So right. Yeah, it's like in Dota, you're judged by like how much people want you. 
And right. If he's not on a team, nobody wants him. Then. He, he actually is no longer on a team that was just at the minor and didn't even win the minor. So clearly, you know, it's just several yeah, several yeah. steps below where you are. Well, yeah, because because if he was on that team, that he'd at least be at the minor instead of not at the minor. Right. Exactly. So yeah, he's clearly not you know the best uh, mid player on the, in the planet. Agreed. Or, uh, anything like that? Um. Okay. All right. Kind of in a mood don't today. Talk shit about, don't talk shit about my friend Sumail. Let me tell you. <laughs> He's my friend. You can't do that. We're, uh, what were you saying? I, I, just said, I just said we're both kind of in a mood today. So we should just get into the questions so we can yell at our patrons. What kind of mood? Like just fucking completely nonsensical? Yeah. You mean? It's, it's one of those moods? Yeah, it's going yeah. to be one of those today. It is. It is. Uh, okay. We'll get into the questions. Also, by the Hello, way, fam. how do I sound, chat? Do I sound good? Because sounds so good. It sounds so good. good when I record videos with this mic. Donnie, why is it that you sound so good right now? What is it in particular that's sounding fantastic? Oh, you know, just a very secret special supporter for the channel that uh, may oh, have some sponsorships really coming up. Is it really secret? Do we? Do we need to? You know. Yeah, I mean, it, these are these are these are the the. The diehard fans that I mean, are watching the. There, it's a secret company called Antlion Audio who may or may not be sponsoring the whoa, channel. Whoa, 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 no, no, not Antlion Audio. It's like uh, Grasshopper Jaguar music or something along those lines, like oh. something like that. Um, I mean, I think we should probably like, figure I, out who it I, is. But I, I masked the name because I don't want people to know exactly who it is. But it's something along those lines. Uh, and you know anyway uh welcome to uh alchemancers episode i don't know 55 or some shit like that oh guys. god it still uh, says replay review sorry i'm, ru does, I'm ruining your does. intro just gonna hear me typing for a second oh my. it's very professional I can't, I can't take this anymore but let me tell you the sound of those keys that is absolutely crisp through that antline audio uh mod mic that you have there thank you mod mic uh changing my life and changing how yeah. everybody experiences me so anyway welcome to alchemy answers episode 54 thank you for joining us and thank you to our patrons for supporting the channel and allowing us to continue to do these shows every single freaking week uh if you want to be a patron and have exclusive access to us in discord to ask questions every single week patreon.com slash dota alchemy get over there check it out we've got 70 coaching sessions now i posted another one today so 70 full hour plus long coaching sessions where either jenkins or myself is working with a student on a specific topic hero role etc lots of that good stuff you know the stuff that you guys used to like from bsj before i got lazy and stopped doing content yeah right right when he was making the big bucks from uh right from game, from youtube game jump game jump game jump right yeah uh, okay. First question. Medieval, our boy. This is for you, Elevated, Donnie. Uh, he said, you once made a comment that you're playing on an alternate account in low 2K, and even though it was such low MMR, you couldn't understand why you were losing until you figured out what you needed to be doing in that MMR to win us a support. Can you elaborate on what it is that you need to do differently in low MMR support to get out of the trench? Um, yeah, 
I can. The answer is eat up space on the map and play as if you are a core, but also ward. Um, that's basically what it came down to. I was playing the, so a little bit of context. I wanted to see how difficult the games were to play as a support because everybody was saying, oh, you can only climb as a carry. You can only climb as a mid. I can't climb as a support, therefore I'm never going to play support, and anybody who makes me play support is griefing the game, that kind of stuff. There's so many complaints about that. So I got my hands on a 1,000 MMR account. I played about 25 or 30 games. I lost the first three, and then I think I won 19 in a row or something like that. You're an account buyer, Donnie. And you account buyer. And basically what happened in those first three is I think I picked like Jakiro and like Vengeful Spirit, just like random position five supports. Owning noobs. And I probably bought, you know, 20 wards, 30 sentries in the game, ended up with not a whole lot of items. But it was what I was discovering is that, you know, I'd, I'd be placing these wards and be like, hey, let's play in this lane. And then my team would just be like passively farming in our jungle. And then, you know, I'd buy some more wards and restock the wards that had timed out because nobody had taken advantage of them. I'd be like, hey, let's play around these wards. And they would just be passively farming in our jungle. And then just like one person would die. Another person would run over and die. And then the other team would just go high ground because nobody had buyback at 1k MMR. So after those three games of losing, I was like, okay, well, somebody has to push these waves out. And clearly my cores are not going to take advantage of these wards. So I'm just going to ward essentially where I think everybody should be playing. And then I'm going to play there. And then my team can just do their own stuff. And so I would essentially just shove waves. Then the other team would rotate three or four heroes to come kill this position five support. And I would TP out to the other side of the map. And then I would shove the top wave. And I would do that until they would run all the way across the map to try and kill me because I was the only hero on my team showing and everybody else in my team was jungling. And then I would, uh, you know, TP back to the bottom side of the map. And I would just push the oh, wave in. That sounds stressful. And then they would TP to the bottom side of the map. And every single game lasted like 45, 50 minutes. But I also ended up with like 20,000 to 30,000 net worth every single game because I was the only person hitting actual creeps on the map. And... Uh, I also started buying Meteor Hammer on every single hero because it just allowed me to instantly shove a wave and also do tower damage on heroes that didn't have a tower hitting mechanic. Um, but to be honest, you should just pick like Jakiro and Shadow Shaman and just do that and not buy a Meteor Hammer because it's just in your kit to take towers at that point. And then it's just extremely easy because nobody, nobody can Magic. deal with split pushing. Magical Taco Chef says, can people even use the mouse properly? In <laughs> that's not entirely sure if that's if that's actually the case, oh, because man. I definitely have run into a few people in 1K, and we've coached a few people that are in like the Herald and Guardian bracket that use the mouse not for movement. To click spells. They only click spells with the mouse, and then they use arrow keys for camera movement. Dude, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call somebody out here. I mean, they're never gonna see this, but I'm gonna call them out. So, I, I came from uh, World of Warcraft before Dota, and I, I played with like a, a hardcore raiding guild. So people are like really into gaming. You know, there's tons of like 40 year olds and just people that are you know they're they're gamers, but they're not just like 
15 year olds that are like they're taking it really seriously you know what i mean and, and in their adulthood so it's a little bit less <laughs> it's it's i guess it's a little um question questionable to some degree i mean anyway uh so there was this one guy that i was playing with that he actually uh like got me into dota originally his name was Annalie. i think that was his girlfriend's name and he just kept the name after she broke up with him and uh he was insanely hardcore and when i'm you know making fun of these like 40 year olds and shit and basically any adult that's like playing world of warcraft getting really fucking into it like the south park guy uh, I'm kind of talk. I'm kind of making fun of people, people like him, where he is so fucking into it that he just like would rage beyond belief if shit wasn't going right in World of Warcraft and obviously in Dota. And uh, I remember there's this like one game where he was playing Tidehunter, and the game the game was just going horribly. We were losing like every single fucking team fight. And I was playing with a real life friend of mine, Derek. We watch the replay afterwards because we're like man why do we not have ravage for this fight like why do we not have, this doesn't make any sense we go to the replay we watch it and, and he was using ravage to farm multiple camps <laughs> Mo I'm, and, and, and i kid you not like not the type of guy to do it in a griefing way he right. was trying hard right it's right. just that we are all really new to dota so he was literally just thinking like i'm gonna use my spell that does damage in a huge like AOE, yeah. Yeah, to stunt creeps. And you know the worst part about it? We saw his fucking mouse move down and click Ravage on creeps. <laughs> Which has no targeting, so you all you have no, to do no, is he just... clicked the spell. Right, he all clicked. you have to do is press R. There's no need to like use your mouse for anything. Yeah, but I, I don't <laughs> even know if he had his spells bound to buttons. Oh, like, I think he gotcha. was just clicking his spells. And I mean, obviously, like I said, we're all brand new to Dota, but keep in mind, this is a guy that doesn't really have the capacity to grief or to fuck around or to joke because it's, it's like, uh, it was a super serious guild that I was, that I was like coming from. Right. And, uh, fuck, it was hysterical. That's always the thing that we like, refer I might have the name wrong. I can't remember, but it was some girl's name, but it, like I, I always go back to this when I'm hanging out with my real life friend Derek. We're like, man, remember that guy that fucking ravaged creeps and screamed at us for losing team fights? That's uh, crazy. And that, I mean, guess that would probably be Harold. That'd probably be Harold level. So, yeah, I agree. I don't know, man. Heralds are wild. Heralds they are, are wild. Wild, like actual heralds, not Smurf heralds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there, there's, there's like the. I mean, people are herald for different reasons. There are some heralds that are just like insanely, you know, with respect, herald players out there. Maybe you are a legit herald for whatever reason. Maybe you don't play that much Dota. That's fine. But there are people who are herald because they're just insanely toxic or they do just wild, wacky shit like clicking spells. Just like think things first like item, like literally no item Dagon on Necrophos every single game or some shit like that. You know, that happens yeah, a lot yeah, like, in that bracket. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, like, you know, going going, Dagon Rush as like a pause five necro or something. Like right. That. Like, yeah, Christ. but but essentially, what it comes down to is, if you want to climb as a support, I would say basically up until like mid three k, all you have to do is just ensure that your lanes are pushed and just religiously keep the lanes shoved because nobody else will do it as well as you will. And most of the time, your team will just take the safe farm, regardless of whether you're strong or not. And so you might as well get some game-changing items, like 
halberd or a hex or a crimson guard or a pipe that you would normally not get as a five that your team desperately needs in a game and then that's how you have impact you just have more farm than the other team because you're basically saying like you 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 need to take what the enemy team is giving to you and what your and what your team is giving to you like yeah i always tell people who are you know three to four k that they need to play to their team's weaknesses but in like one to two k you probably need to play more to the enemy team's weaknesses because they're probably giving you so much yeah. in the game that you should that you shouldn't be getting and just nobody's nobody's taking it so if you just be the person that's that's taking that you just end up with like four cores on your team instead of three yeah or exactly you just end up as like the most farmed hero in the game and you can carry even even if you're a pause five you just run up to a lane that somebody else probably should be farming you just take the farm and you just and, do it uh, just do it faster. You're just like in one place they're like, How could he possibly be in this lane and now in this lane and then back in this lane? It's like just moving there before you guys even have looked at the mini map, because you guys don't know that it's down there in the bottom left corner of your screen. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, moving on. Chai says, Any tips for fidgety hand behaviors? I find myself clicking too much mouse and keyboard buttons that do virtually nothing. Um, it has gotten me into some trouble during laning. Uh, being preoccupied with clicking nonsense instead of actual buttons that I need to press. So, f for me, I'm I'm very similar. If you uh, watch me like on stream, I mean, I might have even done it like d dozens of times now on this stream. But if you watch me on like, I don't know, like let's say with recently minus mode, you know, I'm really nervous on that. Obviously, just like tons of people watching, I don't want to fuck up. So because of because of that, in, in games it's the same. Like I don't want to lose games of Dota, so I get nervous. I don't want to fuck up, et cetera, et cetera. I do this a lot. Like I do that, and I bite my nails. And there's like other these, there's other things that I like tap my leg. And um, the the most important thing that I would say for for that and the exact exact same thing during Dota. It's just that because I do things on camera, it's like you can fucking see this. My mom pointed it out. She's like, I saw you did this a lot. I was like, oh god, I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> um, because I, I I didn't I'm not even thinking about it you know but right. I do it during games too and the way that I re I try to uh, keep myself calm in games is by just like breathing and and like refocusing myself by focusing on on breathing I know that sounds like really really ridiculous but like usually if you're like fidgeting fidgeting a not lot you all. just like you need to just like take a step back and like fuck man you're just in reality just like chill you're just a human being in reality nothing. There's no immediate thing that's actually going to cause you any real, you know, danger. That the, your brain is just in like fast mode and in like defense mode for some reason. It's yeah. it's honestly some like instinctive planes of Africa bullshit going on, <laughs> and you you just need to breathe and slow down and realize that you have a lot more time to think of things to do, or if you have like social anxiety, you have a lot more time to think of things to say then you're giving yourself credit for you yeah know, it's like there's a lot more time and you don't need to you don't need to be doing shit all the time basically. yeah i i want to go a little bit ham on this subject because it's something that i've been um thinking and talking about quite a bit but it, it just doesn't really get it's not like meta heroes but here's the deal Anytime you play Dota, you are going to, or any esport for that matter, any competition, you are going to experience a stress response because it is a stressful experience to be risking, whether it's, you know, your body in a sport, your ego in a video game, 
um, you know, anything like that will cause a stress response. And what stress does in your body is your, your body can't tell whether the stress is, I'm going to lose 25 MMR or, you know, there's a, a, uh, a scary thing. Like, have you ever jumped when Earthshaker echo slams you from out of the fog and like, uh, sometimes, yeah. It, right. Sometimes it's other spells, like getting, getting, yeah, it's so, something along those lines. Right. You're, you're just like, you're like so hyper focused on what you're doing. And then, lane, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that yeah. can, that can, can shock you. So what's happening there is you're so, so intent on doing the thing that you're doing correctly that your, your heart rate is literally going up. Your, your body cannot tell the difference between getting ganked in Dota and literally being killed. 10,000 years ago by a predator. So your body's going to go through the same cycle that you would back then or in a real dangerous situation like being mugged or something like that. So your heart rate's going to go up. You're going to have adrenaline pumping through your veins. You're going to have cortisol starting to happen uh, and be processed through your body. And what that means is that you are literally going into fight or flight mode. So what else happens when you're in fight or flight mode? You start like, uh, your blood pressure goes up and possibly more importantly, your breathing starts to get very shallow and fast because your body's trying to take in as much oxygen as quickly as possible. So what you said there about breathing is actually the best way to reset that stress response because a lot of that kind of cycle happens through your breath getting shorter. And it starts like, you know, you start like hyperventilating and everything gets even more amped up. So if you can actually just calm your breath down, then the rest of your body will start to kind of reset based off right. of that. And you'll be able to kind of cool down that fight or flight response. And when you're in fight or flight, you're going to tunnel vision. You're not going to be looking at the minimap. You're not going to have peripheral vision. You're going to be just pure instinct in that moment. And chances are your instincts when you're scared are pretty shit, <laughs> especially yeah. in a game like Dota. You need a lot of active thinking that goes into the game, so you, you you can't be relying on on pure instinct. Yeah. Um, a lot of the meta decisions that need to be conscious are not something that can. You can have feelings that dictate how you make these decisions, but if you're just tunnel visioning and because of that you're not making decisions, you're just you know standing in one lane, uh, and then you miss like a window. You could just it just loses a game. Like the most important thing to win in Dota are these. Every few minutes you make a decision. It's like okay. Maybe I won't go this item. Okay, I'm going to cut the creep wave now. Okay, right. I'm going to go rotate to this lane because I don't want to play here anymore. Hey, guys, let's play around Roche. Like, those things are what make or break uh, Dota games. So if there's anything that's preventing you from from doing that, you're you're pretty fucked. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, that's interesting you're, what you're saying, Don. You're basically saying there's a physical component yes. to, to the deep breathing. Because for me, the deep breathing is just more like it forces me because I'm focusing on the breathing and my brain is stupid. It doesn't have very, very many brain cells. All of my dumb brain cells are focusing just on the breathing. So it can't be thinking about all these other mm -hmm. wild, uh, wild things that aren't really very useful, useful thoughts. You know, it's like, yeah. And that's probably part of it too. I mean, distracting yourself from a stressful situation will also allow you to maybe like kind of, uh, settle down from that. Like I notice a lot of the time when I'm in a game, like, you know, one of those like 50 minute games where everybody's got six slots and you're just like, okay, one mistake, we lose the game and everybody's super tense. You're like trying to make calls. You're trying to get vision up. The other team is just like, you don't know where they are. You have no information. Both of you guys are like trying to wait for the other team to make a mistake and jump on them. And 
I'll find myself sometimes in those scenarios where I'm just like, well, I actually haven't thought ahead about what I want to do for the last like 10 minutes. I've literally just been clicking my mouse and just like trying to follow and like stare at the mini map and figure out what's going on. And I haven't actually planned anything. And most of the time in Dota, planning like five minutes ahead will win you the the game. Like all you have to do is just think five, like even like three minutes ahead, what you want to do for the next three minutes over and over and over throughout the course of a game and you'll probably win. And if you get to that point where you're literally just like, "Eh, I'm focusing so hard on this moment right now, then it's very hard to actually make good decisions. One one thing that made me realize how how emotional, um, I guess how deceptively emotional. Is that the right w- way of saying that? It's it's deceptive. How non-emotional people think it is. Like it's people think it's emotional, it's and psychological, but not enough. People don't realize how how uh, how much your like emotion plays into your decision making. Um, and the reason I say that is because. Uh, I'll watch like my girlfriend play a game or like my brother-in-law and they're just like super mad and like screaming ab- about the game. Like basically like they've deduced that the game is lost mm-hmm. and I look at the game and it's like, man, I-, I would actually have fun playing with their items in this exact scenario, but I haven't had to deal with the raging and the flaming and the feeding and the momentum that was lost. Uh, I-, I don't I have to deal with that, but like, Every time I look at these games, like my take on it is that a lot of the time it's it's just it's an easy comeback. It's like five right. k gold deficit or something. It's not that big of a fucking deal. It's pretty easy to win. And uh, then it, you know that sort of thing has made me have this realization that if I were to take myself out of my own games and po- somehow pause it and then go two hours later and play it again, I would be able to win that game because yep. I I didn't I wasn't being negatively affected by all of the shit in the game i would just be looking at it more objectively so whatever you can do going all the way back to the question whatever you can do to maintain that objective sort of mindset in in this game is really important because uh one slip up in dota 2 and uh, you can lose the game and i imagine a lot of other esports are like that too that's the nature of anything that's just competitive and and complex uh, so yeah, you wanna you wanna make sure that you're you're keeping yourself just objective, non-emotional, and just thinking clearly. Yeah, and I just want to add one last point to that, which is, if you do lose the game, do not queue for another one, because what I what I recently discovered, um, I've been like winning several games in a row, and then I'll just go on this random losing streak, and it will feel like every single game is impossible. And today, I just had the realization after I played a game and lost and then went and left my room and went and did some other stuff about 10 minutes afterwards. And I I literally left my room and I was like, that game was fucking impossible. Fuck that game. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, I could have done that. And that would have completely changed the game. And so it's like, it's really just about, you have to remove yourself from this because if you just go into the next game thinking that my last game was impossible, as soon as something bad happens in your next game, you're going to be like, this game's impossible too. And it's just going to be this cycle of like, you're not going to look objectively at the game and notice, oh, it's only a 5k gold lead. All we have to do is win one team fight. You're going to be like, they're think, so farmed. Uh, We're not farmed. This game's, you know. One of the most uh, humbling, I don't know if that's the word, but grounding. I used that word already, so that doesn't count. Just one of the most eye-opening things, there's the word, uh, is to look at your own replays in games that you felt like they were really fucking hard and then you'll see that it's like oh they only had a 2k gold lead 
Right. Like, why didn't we just not fight them here and then fight them in like five minutes when we were stronger? It's like, you think it's like, oh, we have to fight them because we're losing this horribly. And then you look back and it's like, no, they weren't really farming that much. Right. They couldn't. They were fighting you. And, uh, and in the game, it can feel, it can feel absolutely like, uh, you're just horribly losing. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Wink x11 says as a pause one if your support leaves you from min one to tri lane top and never comes back is it okay to sit in lane and get xp and a little gold from pulling even though you might be under farmed at the end of the laning stage or is there some other course of action well you don't quad lane that's for sure <laughs> um, you could go dual mid and just tiny airlines and then that's one way to get out of the game quickly yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid strat. If you're not concerned about winning or losing, that's the play. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say your play is to like get a sentry, make sure you're dewarding the easy camp, uh, single pull as much as humanly possible, and uh, just try to farm as much under your tower as you can. It's actually not as b bad as people think to be mm -hmm. left alone in the safe lane. Whenever people think that it's bad and that they can't play alone in the safe lane, it's usually because they're not abusing the easy camp pull. So as long as you're using the easy camp pull, and um, if for some reason you can't pull and the lane is pushed out, you just go jungle like the medium camp in the nearby area, and then head over to defend the tower. It's, it's not that big of a deal. If you have a couple of levels on most carries, you can jungle relatively fast. You, you don't want to just sit in lane and and, uh, and, and get soak, XP. You, yeah. Yeah, you never want to do that in Dota these days. Ever since they changed it so that denies don't give you, they give you basically nothing. Uh, you Even though they buffed it, you still don't want to do that. It's just it's very, very ineffective. There's always stuff you can be doing anyway to get more. You just jungle and it's faster. You pull and it's faster. You use creep aggro to pull creeps into the tower. It's faster. All of these things are better. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you basically play it as if you're the off lane is really what it comes down to because you are. There's a tri lane in the other lane. You're a solo hero, so you're the off laner. Yep. Uh, Vichy says, is it worth buying QB as a support first item against Treant? Yes. Mm -hmm. You should do that. You should do that. That is good. Yep. Cut all the trees. Okay. Um, I believe that's some Chinese characters uh, guy. I'm sorry, I can't read <laughs> Chinese. Uh, it says Jenkins, how to value bottle when you played uh, mid when you play mid heroes. Um, number one, what is your what does your name mean in English? I'm curious. Uh, number two. Uh, how do you value bottle? I would say that the first thing you want to look for is like what hero you are. If you're a hero that really needs a lot of uh, mana regen or HP regen, then you can value a bottle higher, like such as uh, Tinker, Storm Spirit. Uh, also, if you're a hero who who likes to gank and likes to roam between the lanes, then bottle's very good because the runes allow you to you know bottle a DD. And then go run to a lane or TP to a lane or something like that. It gives you options. And then also gives you the sustain to push out a lane, pick up a bottle, go get the rune, kill a lane, have the bottle, go back to lane with full with full mana and full HP. So heroes like Queen of Pain, Storm, like SF if you think that you need the regen or if you need to if you if you want to gank more. Puck. Just depends on oh yeah, Puck. It just depends on what you want to do in in the game. If you just wanna like sit and play the lane and not move at all on something like an OD, for example, and this hero doesn't need any HP or mana regen, uh, that's why this hero doesn't buy uh doesn't doesn't buy a bottle. Invoker, similarly, like this hero has built in HP regen, it doesn't need mana regen. 
he'll go for like a bassy for that. So people don't really want to bottle on him because he does he does roam. I mean, he, he actually does roam, so that's kind of that's kind of a weird one. But the hero has like built-in regen, and you can uh, you can like pick up the runes and still roam. And you you just re you really don't need the regen component that that comes from that comes from the bottle on that hero. So I guess, I guess my answer is if you have a hero that both needs regen and kind of wants to get active with a rune, then it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think the, the one component that uh, makes it even better is if you feel like you're going to be in a lane where trading is very important, like, you know, a, a co-op against a tinker, for example, both of those heroes really want to just be blasting the other person of, out of lane a lot of the time or like, um, a lot of the heroes that we mentioned that like to rotate tend to be kind of like Puck against Queen of Pain. They're both constantly trying to like pick at each other's HP and mana so they can set up kills early. And so they're constantly using mana, they're constantly using HP to trade, and so having that bottle is super, super value. Plus, they also rotate really well with power runes. Yep. Yeah. It's like a combination of those of those things. Even something like a Tinker. Like, the hero is pretty decent at rotating because he's just shitloads of nukes. Mm. But uh, if you can bottle like a Haste... Right. or a an invis makes you like ungankable they just can't kill you so it's pretty nice and also heroes that can push out the lane first are good with good with bottle because that way you can actually have rune control right uh, if you have heroes that like can't push out the lane and you get a bottle what happens if the enemy team just pushes the lane on you every time the rune spawn like 100 percent of the time they're gonna either deny you an entire wave or uh, you're not going to get the rune, so why would you get a bottle? Right. So and you yeah, just have 600 get... gold of nothing in your inventory. Exactly. You, you need you need uh, you need some sort of like wave push, or to be dominating the lane so hard that you can just push it by like killing the range creep, sort of thing. Um, okay, moving on. Elliot says, "I don't think this question ever got answered. I should blame Donnie for that. Uh, what factors should go into uh, what factors should go into who should occupy the off lane once the enemy's safe lane tower is down?" Uh, it's it's basically just like who who can farm there. Uh, it really depends on like the other sources of pressure on the map. Sometimes the enemy safe lane is like a slark, and you take the tower, and he just sits in that lane, and you have I don't know, let's say like a safe lane life stealer. Life doesn't really want to go run over there and lane a slark, right? But something like a Rubik who can just zap the wave is fine doing it. But if you have like, if you have the Slark and then they have they have some like I don't know some nakes, then your Slark can go rotate towards that lane. So it's it's basically just who is comfortable occupying that area. And a lot of the time, because you took their safe lane tower, that area is usually one of the safer places on the map to to play, and it's near the triangle. So. A lot of the time it is the carry, sometimes it's the support, uh, and sometimes it's the offlaner because nowhere else that you can go on the map will will make space and you need to be the one making space. That's that's base that's basically my answer. It's it's more so about like heroes. What the what does what the heroes want to do? What are heroes able to do? If you're like a sand king, you can lane fucking anywhere. So right. you just want to make sure that your heroes are placed around the map in in the most dangerous possible place that's not dangerous for them so sand king you just go to literally whatever the most dangerous lane is it's easy with him because he can't die in that lane 99.9 percent .9 of the time but yep. uh yeah yeah mostly it's your carry though or a support yeah i think ideally also 
you would like to have it be somebody that can kind of create some sort of pressure on that tier two as well, because that's kind of the most useless place for the enemy to have to go to is defend their safely in tier two. Like it, it's such a terrible tower to have to go defend because it's like very far away from anything useful happening and kind of far away from jungle camps a lot of the time as well. So that's why heroes like Sand King are so good for doing that, or a hero like Wraith King that can push the wave and then skeleton the next wave and go jungle, and jungle his yeah, way back nice. into the triangle. Yep, I agree. That's uh, that's it for questions, by the way. We have a, a few from chat. I saw a couple here. Um, Photominded says, boys, I'm not on your Discord. Is it too late to donate for a review? Well, this particular stream is Q&A, but uh, our replay review... It's on Thursday. Days. So if you if you would like to have a replay reviewed, it's never too late. We do it we do it every week. So hit up your boys. Um, yeah. Uh, somebody else said uh, something about Beastmaster Jenkins. Are you still coaching? You're comfortable coaching 4.5k mid? I'm probably gonna put a couple coaching sessions next week. We'll see. Uh, Jenkins, I feel as though Beastmaster is a very viable hero at the moment, with the hawk being incredibly strong given the lack of sentries available. I have an 89% win rate with this hero on this patch. Yes, I believe that hero is absolutely broken right now. I think Beastmaster is incredibly good. You just have to look out for, like, illusion heroes. If if you get picked, like, Naga against you in lane, it can feel really bad. And good Chen game. really destroys Beastmaster yeah. as well. But nobody just probably takes, plays Chen takes below, the like, yeah. a mortal. I mean, you get, like, a Marana, you know. Yeah. Just spawn a boar, Marana arrows it. Easy. What's you your might. opinion on the ranged offlane heroes in the meta? Which ones? That's just the question. Is what's your opinion on ranged offlane oh, heroes in the current um, meta? I I honestly think that there's like m more space for them. I think that I think that ranged offlane heroes are being undervalued. Yeah, I feel I like a hero like an enchantress. Good. Even Punk. I think it, I still have enchantress in A tier. I I. It just seems like it's so good against a hero like Jug or Lifestealer, Wraith King, even that just wants to sit there in the lane oh, and yeah. do nothing, and then you just it's own easy. them. You just own yeah, them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I think that I think that like you know Sand King, Night Stalker, Abaddon, Legion Commander. I think these are good heroes. I think they're really good heroes, but uh, I I think that there are certain carries, like you said, that you can just really bully and certain supports too. Yeah. There's heroes like Ogre that just own like all of these Abaddons and Legions because Ogre just stands there and trades. And uh, you can pick something you can pick something like an Enchantress or like a Lashrak. And it's a range it's a slow melee hero versus a ranged hero. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Right. You know. Yeah, I actually um KP on he's playing on TNC now, right? He played uh offlane Veno a couple of times at ESL and destroyed with that hero and that hero is another one of those that can really destroy these like melee slow oh, safe dude, lane heroes dude. have you tried playing void versus veno it it's is miserable not possible miserable there are, yeah i mean like i've had people pick jug or like nakes to try to lane a veno and it's like dude you're insane like that's i get why you think that that would work oh lifestealer he he regens right and he's, he's magic immune jug he's magic immune he has the healing ward no amount of magic immunity and sustain can sustain through Venno's damage because you just max the W now. Yeah. Like everybody used to max the plague ward, but you just max the W and you're farming a little bit slower with the plague wards, but the W is still applied with the plague wards. So you're still farming pretty quickly. Right. And it's 
it's almost unlaneable. What's the damage? It does like if you hit somebody once, it does because it's like 15 30, seconds, right? That lasts for yeah. or something insane like that. 30 times 15 damage. So let me do my dumb. All right, 450 damage if you hit From somebody one right click. Yeah, from <laughs> one single right click. 450 fucking damage. Wait, does it? One right click. Doesn't it tick every three seconds, or is that the Gale that does that? That's the Gale. Gale ticks every three seconds. Oh, Gale's okay. an insane ability too. Right. Gale does like 500 damage or something. It does 100 initial and 105 yeah. times five. So that's like 600 damage. Gale does more than 600 damage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this hero is completely bananas, and I don't mean that as just banana mancer. I think it's actually really, really the only... good. The okay, so I agree. I the think talents Venom, are it, fucking insane. His talents I think Venom are so good. In a lot of games, is absolutely broken. But the problem with this hero is that number one, he's really dog shit in the first like two levels. Yeah. He needs he needs like quite a quite a few levels to come online. And there are certain heroes that just don't give a fuck about Veno. Right. Like like it for example. So I think I think if you are picking Veno, you need to make sure to like block block off those heroes that really own him like lycan and you know weaver just these heroes that basically run through the all all of the slows and don't give a fuck right you want to which is fine plenty of heroes are like that right we were just saying a beastmaster is a good hero but you have to block out the naga you have to block out the pl because these, these heroes fucking destroy beastmaster right so you need something that you know that if you're you don't want to pick two heroes you don't you don't want to pick multiple heroes that get countered by the same shit. Then right. you, they just pick one hero, they win the game. Exactly. Yeah, you can't do that. You need to cover all your bases. Um, somebody said was was asking about the build on Beastmaster. I think I think one hundred percent of the time you need to max Hawk and Boar just just because of the farming speed that it gives you. Mm -hmm. Is Venom jungle legit, or should he really be in lane due to his harass i mean veto jungle might be fine the only problem is you're basically guaranteeing that your offlaner gets cucked and you could also just that, win the offlane right if you're doing that <laughs> why don't you just put the veno offlane right and then dual lane it yeah. you know um i do think playing veno in in like a side in like a side lane and going to jungle when your support leaves or stacking the jungle for veno or something like that that's fine that's good like you want to abuse the jungle on veno at some point, but I don't think hard jungling is the play. I don't think that's the play on Enigma either. I think that there was a while people were doing it, but it wasn't. That was like a dom rush into a level four Enigma running at your tower. Right. It wasn't for very long, and it was for a specific timing. And then when they nerfed the dom, people started doing that, but they and just come out of the jungle. Well, they they were either losing or they were coming out of the jungle earlier and being active. It's like right. it's like a pseudo jungle. You know, you go help the lane a bit, maybe pull the creeps, block the pull camp, do a little bit of harass, go jungle, pull the lane back, get a couple of items, maybe mana boots, maybe some levels. Like, you just play off of, like, the smaller timings instead, and I, I think that's possible, but that's not really jungle. Right. There's no hard jungles anymore in Dota, really. Thoughts on PA this patch, specifically the Battle Fury Deso BKB build. Is Battle Fury something that PA should be buying without a mag on her team? Is Battle Fury an item PA should be buying without a mag on our team? Probably. That hero's yeah. pretty dog, though. PA's I, just a weak hero. I think, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I feel like you have to read the game, because PA can be a fighting carry if you build her differently, if you don't go for Battle Fury. Um, I watched a game of Crit playing PA, and he 
I think went like phase double wraith into desolator BKB satanic divine like legitimately divine rapier is like a fourth or fifth item on that hero <laughs> like that's how people are playing it right now that's crazy yeah that's wild oh oh it's divine and then ags because ags resets when you get a kill resets all of your cooldowns so you literally just dagger somebody crit them they die with a divine rapier resets all of your cooldowns you jump on somebody else crit them they die resets all of your cooldowns <laughs> triple dagger yeah talent jesus christ <laughs> that's wild dude um okay we actually have two more questions from patrons by the way cool let's do it so jestraga says uh should i prioritize poison touch as dazzle position five i've watched some high mmr supports doing it i don't think it's a good idea what do you think uh, i think it's good if you need to push out waves i i think that probably two points in poison touch for laning is good on position five dazzle and then you probably want to max like your heal and your grave because he doesn't get that many levels but uh, when I play 4 Dazzle or I play 3 Dazzle, I max the Q just because I know I'm going to be running around pushing out lanes by myself. Yep. And it lets me do that. Um, but that's only because I get a lot of levels. I think like 2 points in it for laning and then probably max your 2 points in Grave and uh, then like max your heal. Yep. That's probably I, the play. I agree. I'm sorry if I'm being repetitive, but I'm new to the game. I only played 40 hours, but really interested in the game. Can you suggest some guides to learn fast? Yeah, there's a good channel called Dota Alchemy uh, on YouTube. It's a little bit too yeah. advanced, though. If you ask Reddit, everybody will say watch Purge's guides. On Yeah, that, that's true. We don't have any like super beginner stuff. Yeah. Um, Purge's, Purge's good. Purge's guide is good. Yeah, Purge's... Uh, his his whole beginning series, watching him teach day nine, I think was probably really good for beginners too. Oh, that's got to be a good one. Yeah, that's got to be a really good one. Purge is a fucking gem, man. That guy's a gem to the community. All right, Holy Love, which by the way, that's a Chinese character's guy that I was referring to. He let me know what his name meant. Nice. Uh, said that further, what is the proper way to buy a bottle? I always buy a salve and immediately rush for a bottle, but I found that often I run out of regen, and once I had my bottle, my opponent already has two wraith band or talisman and i can no longer trade what is the solution here uh that's a that's a hard one that's, take better that's, trades it's kind of hard to, yeah. to tell without looking at your mechanics in the laning stage yeah it's a, that's I, I would say that i would say that probably most of the time unless you're playing something like a tinker or a zeus it's going to just push out the wave and like spam spells you don't want to go salve bottle you probably want to go salve Null Talisman or, or Wraith Band or whatever, and then bottle. Which I don't think any Agi heroes build bottle. But anyway, it doesn't matter. You 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 probably want to build one minor item because otherwise you're gonna get you know totally dumpstered. And feel free to keep sending out regen, by the way, like salves if that's what you need to get last hits in lane. That's perfectly fine. Sometimes the enemy team is just trading a bunch of shit and trading last hits in order to uh, in order to get your HP low. And then they get future last hits because you have to stand back to salve or because you can't lane. Like it's an investment. So if they're making you if they're making you do that, then just buy the salve. Don't it's not worth losing the lane because like they're willing to lose last hits in order to harass you. Storm or Ember? Uh I would say honestly, probably probably on like Storm. Uh Storm or Ember, it's it's yeah, it's like salve one one of your like well, you should send out a salve and then finish your 
first Wraith band or your first uh, Null Talisman. That, that that's like where you just buy the recipe. So that's not that much gold. Then you go for the bottle. Maybe even send out like a second sal before before the bottle, and that's and that's fine. I think if the enemy mid has like a one, if you're playing Ember or Storm, and the enemy mid has a one uh, Wraith band or Null Talisman advantage, it doesn't matter. You'd, you should just use your spells to get last hits. So, like that should that shouldn't matter. That shouldn't mean that you're losing the lane. Yeah, agreed. Um, I saw kind of an interesting question in chat. Is that all the patron questions? Yep. Yep. Um, which is an options question. Which is uh, auto attack versus standard. Yeah, versus never. Which mode do the pros mostly use? Well, I'm gonna say that ninety percent of pros do not have auto attack they use standard uh sumail plays with auto attack i believe which is insane but uh you know people play like legacy keys and shit and i think that's insane as well agreed so i wouldn't recommend doing that but you know if that's your comfort feel free whatever's comfortable for you that's all that really matters in dota um, but most people play with standard Cool. All right. I All think right. we should call it there. All right. Thanks, uh, boys yeah. and girls. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Patrons. We will. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday for replay review, hopefully. And uh, if any of you guys have any questions over the next couple of days or until next week, you can always ask us um, in Discord, which uh, you can get access to. Donnie, this is slow. Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of tired. We're both losing our minds today. Zoning it. Zoning right now. Anyway, what I'm saying is you, if you guys have questions, we have a Discord that's very active, and we also have a Patreon-specific channel where you can ask us questions as well. When the weed hits you at the end of the stream. <laughs> hits you hard. All right, we'll see you later.